Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I'm Ryan Engley, your host, joined, as always, by Todd McGowan, co-host. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Ryan. How are you doing? I am well. I am um, I'm sipping tea out of my uh, Champions of Europe mug from oh, Liverpool fun. from last year. Yeah, yeah so it's always it's a good, good yeah. reminder. Because uh, all the other, just real brief, just a tight five seconds on sports... All the other sports teams I root for are absolute shit. They're so terrible. But terrible. Uh, also, it's good to mention a, a commodity because today mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about psychoanalysis and capitalism. That is correct. We are doing that. So um, this, we have talked about, so the challenge for us, I mean, we talked about capitalism and like, I mean, how, what episode do we not talk about capitalism? But right. this um, is going to be um, a more focused in some ways um, history and pulling psychoanalysis into uh, like I want to say like a stronger um, relationship to capitalism as structure which I don't know that we always do Um, and that is um, going to be uh, this episode now part of it is going to lean on uh, one of your uh, recent books uh, which is um, Capitalism and Desire the Psychic Cost of Free Markets Um, that was when did when did that come out? Uh, 2016, I think. 2016. Um, Do you know an interesting story? The the subtitle of that, which I really like, the the press hated my subtitle, <laughs> and so um, they they were just. And then the the editor said she had a vision at night. She was going to bed, and she like came up with that, that subtitle, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, the, much better than either the title or my original subtitle. So. That's amazing. So, yeah. wow. So her unconscious was working for her. It was working. Is- yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. interesting little little point is um, probably, I don't know, it, Jonathan Crary's 24-7's book I have a lot of problems with, but I do think that the general premise of um, sleep is this time that is outside of capital um, it is, and it, it, like we get decreasing amounts of sleep in... Right. Uh, you know, in, in contemporary society from, I think like, I think the the average now is like people, adults get like six hours of sleep before going to work. Yeah. And, it sounds like me. So yeah. And like, I, th- I want to say maybe, uh, 40, 40, 50 years ago it was eight. And then before that it was 10. Like, right. like, you know, I mean, so part of it is electricity, but, but yeah, sure. But, yeah. Right. No, that's true. <laughs> but not all of it. I mean, I think you're right. Like I, th- I really like this thesis that Sleep is unproductive, and except in Animal House, it didn't, isn't that the show where they had sleep learning to pass their? T- maybe it's not. Some <laughs> film. Know. There's a. That's pretty funny. Well, but anyway, the point is just that your your uh, your editor was able to find a way to make sleep productive, so she shouldn't tell many people about that because that could become right. a government program. Um, so, what uh, what we want to do here is um, do a little bit of a history of. Uh, history of capitalism and it's we're going to start with and i think it makes sense to start with adam smith because it's going to make uh, a future point for us now capitalism exists before smith but it's probably fair to say would you say it's fair to say that like this when he's writing wealth of nations this is the time when you can start to grasp a kind of a global uh capitalism starting to emerge yeah i think that's right i think it, you might even say that it's by 1776, it's, I like the irony that the American independence is the same year that Wealth of Nations was published. But um, uh, about by this time, I think it's fair to say that capitalism is clearly the, the prevailing world system, 
right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's and 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 you know, it's, it is true that Marx said capitalism, when it once it even begins, is global capitalism. Mm-hmm. But that's not totally true. I mean, there's there's these little sparks of capitalism in different places, and it's only I think you're right to say that by the time Smith's writing. It's it's clear that there there's much more of a sense of a global a global capitalist system. So mm-hmm. yeah. So the significance of your book is what you argue, and this is part of the subtitle, which we talked about a little bit, is that um, it isn't so e- one of the the reason why it's not so easy to um, get move toward a system uh, of world of finance and economy that is not capitalistic it is it is not for a lack of imagination it's because there's actually a psychic attachment to the structure of capitalism can you talk about that a little bit yeah sure so right the idea so the idea is that we have a certain logic of desire that comes just from the fact that we're speaking beings right so we our desire is lack there's we look we see a series of positive objects that we think will respond to our lack. Mm-hmm. We get them. They don't respond to our lack <laughs> successfully. So we never realize our desire. And then we continually repeat this process. And that repetition of that, that repetition of that process is what Freud calls drive, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so what's interesting about capitalism is that um, there's a kind of dissatisfaction in process of desire like or at least conscious dissatisfaction like I keep getting this thing and then I find that I'm I'm not satisfied with what I get now Freud's point is there's an underlying satisfaction to that to that mm-hmm. just the movement of repetition itself but capitalism presents us with uh, objects that seem like they will be ultimately satisfying so that's and it even though they never are but it's mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. constant and that's why I identify capitalism with the promise like it's the promise of some ultimate satisfaction that i'll never get so there's the i think and there's a nice point where the difference between a capitalist system and a non-capitalist system is you can never within the capitalist system recognize that the object is not going to realize your desire because you're Mm -hmm. You're you're blinded to the repetition that's it's, that's at work because the new the objects you're always confronted with new objects that seem to be to offer that missing satisfaction that you didn't get from the previous one. So like you buy a new car, you drive it off the lot, you're like, you think the new car is going to give you this ultimate satisfaction, and then I was you just about go, to ask you. I'm yeah. really glad you did that. Like buyer's remorse. Exactly. Is that, is, exactly. So, so and yeah, without, without um, I don't know, like decomplicating it, like to the point of, of there not being nuance. Would you, so, so um, would Freud say that uh, buyer's remorse is the confrontation with the drive? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 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 confronting the fact that your desire is continually missing the object. But what's interesting is this relationship between the satisfaction of repetition. Mm-hmm. And the dissatisfaction of missing the object, and I think prior theorists who tried to imagine uh, Freud and the critique of capitalism always focused on dissatisfaction. You know, like that's what mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. something about capitalism that's dissatisfying to us, and that's why we have to go on to some other kind of right. socioeconomic system. But I guess what I was thinking was that psychoanalysis showed that there really is something ultimately satisfying 
about that process of repetition and failure to get the object, you know, that and the, the, the satisfying nature of the repetition itself is what's crucial for capital. I mean, for both for psychoanalysis and for capitalism. So I guess for me, it wasn't so much that we, that we suffer from our, or we're attached to capitalism through our dissatisfaction as that we're find a kind of satisfaction in it. And that's the source of the attachment. So right. that's what that, I guess that's the main, the main now, idea. That's super. And so, um, part of what's, uh, important, I think, about uh, about your idea, and and and, th- and part of what's important about connecting uh, psychoanalysis to an analysis of capitalism is that it brings us to some of the most like foundational uh, like terms and ideas in psychoanalysis: desire and yeah. drive. But I think it it goes back. I think this is implicit in your idea, and this is one of the things how I wanted to stage our intervention in this episode. I think yeah. it goes back to something that's that's like almost even more primary than that, which is that psychoanalysis refuses um, an idea of tabula rasa. It refuses an idea that like of, of blank slate of right. we are, and uh, to use capitalist languages or, or, or the language of capitalism, I should say um, it refuses like, like we accumulate, you accumulate experiences and, 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 and it's like a math equation. You had this build on top of this build on top of this and because of that math equation of things out in the world um your that is what sets your reaction to things right or you and or that is what forms the basis of your attachments and psychoanalysis says that you don't start with um to put it in mathematical terms you don't start at zero you start at minus one right you, right. you start at you start with lack you start with something yeah. missing and the important thing, and one of the things that I want to talk about in this episode, and so this is a little bit of stuff we, we went through in pre-show, um, I wanted to know, and you were able to, to educate me, so if I, anything, everything I'm about to say is going to be me speaking, but basically it's, 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 it's you, so I want to give proper credit and cite sources. Um, yeah. So what it means is that, um, so Adam Smith's idea of the invisible hand uh, of the market and uh, the, the this this idea of of accumulation of capital and this uh, this idea of attachment it cannot have formed after capitalism. I hope everybody understands like the the point I'm making. Why I'm making a big deal about this is that if the attachment that Todd's talking about that people have to to capitalism to markets to the commodity if it happens after capitalism then that presents a major problem for psychoanalysis. What it means is that it means nothing less than the um, the model of desire in psychoanalysis actually comes from capitalism, and it right. has nothing to do. Right. It has nothing to do with people. It, ha- it actually just right. has to. It's just an analysis of people under capitalism. But there has to be so there has to be a prior move. There has to be something before. Okay, for all for all of this to work, and amazingly. Um, and so you you have to take over this part. So Smith uses the um, invisible hand metaphor in an, in his only other book, which was written before Wealth of Nations, right? Correct. And so, what's so, yeah? What's that context? Play that out. So his 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 book is called Theory of Moral Sentiments, and it's written seventeen fifty nine, so seventeen years prior mm-hmm. to Wealth of Nations. Only two books that he wrote, and he only twice. It's a kind of it's a it's a it's such a great thing for someone looking at it um he only twice he uses this metaphor of the invisible hand once in each text Mm -hmm. 
And in Theory of Moral Sentiments, his idea is that the invisible hand directs the rich Mm -hmm. to put their money in the proper place Mm -hmm. to help society. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it gives them, the invisible hand, in a certain sense, gives the theory of, gives our moral sentiment a proper proper push in the right mm-hmm. direction. The other thing he says in, in Theory of Moral Sentiments, which I find one of the most amazing things anybody has ever written, is that... That's a big because it, 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 I know, and it's interesting <laughs> that it would be Adam Smith. Um, but it, it, it utterly presages what I just described about the logic of capitalism, awesome. the logic of desire in capitalism. His point is, actually... What, when people are all, we have this whole society of people eager for wealth, mm-hmm. but it's all premised on a fundamental deception that wealth actually brings this great satisfaction. When in reality, the wealthier are the wealthier are actually much more miserable and unhappy <laughs> than the garden variety. Not, of course, than the extreme poor, sure. but then. Than like the garden variety members of a society. That's Smith's point. That's in mm. theory of moral sentiments, and he yeah. he's in favor of this lie. Like he thinks, thank God for this deception because it gets people out there actually pursuing wealth and keeping the society going. Otherwise, people would just you know I don't know cloister themselves in their in their monastery. So I think that's a I think that you know he has that great insight. And I think that's part of the invisible hand too, even though that's not where the invisible hand metaphor comes because yeah. it's this thing that it's a deception that's directing us in the in the in the in the movement towards keeping the capital society going. So this is I think this is so great because what this means is that what um the later reference, the wealth of nations one and the yeah. one that, that becomes the you know like that is still that's parroted today right oh absolutely a, about the, right about a the baker the baker doesn't follow the collective interest when the baker bakes but just his own and so does the shoemaker you know like that oh, right an, an invisible so, hand guy guides it all yeah. exactly okay and so that you i mean you used use the word use the word collective and like that's that's the whole thing is like that idea is like is it's almost, I mean, you know, whatever. Like we're we're starting, to, we're we're now trending totally toward Randian territory, where it's like, in and this is, I mean, Smith is the first person to to postulate, right? Everyone pursuing their own private, um, exactly, their own yeah. personal freedom. That's that's going to be that's going to be the best. So it's this this radical individuality and of the of the market in the second right. in the second reference, but in the first one, it is all about connection and collectivity. Right. And atta- right. and it's at, what it's actually about is attachment, to, right? Uh, to between between people, something that is, um, like like seems to be after the commodity, but it's actually prior to it. It's and prior that's to the, the point that I want right. that I want to make is that like this attachment doesn't come after the commodity, as in after the development of capitalism. It's prior to it. And well, it's also yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Oh no, just like and that's that's the psychoanalytic intervention is to see like that which is that which is prior to anything as you know seminar 10 lacan talks about anxiety as being prior to anything um we don't have to talk about that right now um i mean we talked about other podcasts but that's one of the that's one of the the most fundamental moves that psychoanalysis makes is to look at like what's what is prior to anything else and 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 that the thing that you think comes after or as a result of is actually um before the thing that you labeled as cause and yeah i really like that 
Yeah, I really think that's really crucial about the psychoanalytic intervention. And I think, you know, I, I also like this idea that what's prior is not a positive thing. Right. It's a minus, it's a lack, it's a, it's min- a minus exactly. one. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really good that you picked out minus one, especially because Lacan has a lot of fun with the square root of minus one as, yeah. as, <laughs> as, right. as when he's talking about the real. But um, I think that, I think that that, you know, f- as I and I think that Smith, it's, he's really you know his relationship to Rand is complicated. But the very thing you talked about, like that the earlier book, even Theory of Moral Sentiments, is about the connection between people. Right, right. And then in the end, so is Wealth of Nations. But the connection, and I think your point, this is about where your point about before and after is crucial, because mm-hmm. in Wealth of Nations, Smith makes it appear like the connection between people is a result right. of the capitalist system. Whereas in theory of moral sentiments, it's much more a sense of like, we start out with that that link. I mean, he doesn't, of course, think we're linked through lack. But, right, right, of course. But he does, I mean, there is much more of a sense of connection, which it's, it's, it's it actually generated one of these great, uh, I don't know what's, I guess, a problem, because it's called mm-hmm. Das Adam Smith problem. It's, uh, <laughs> right, I don't okay. know why it's in German, because he's not <laughs> obviously German. Um, but the, so that, then the, the question was the Das Adam Smith problem is how do you reconcile these two texts? One where he's mm-hmm. all about morality, and one where he extols the virtues of selfishness, just right, like you compared right. him to Anne Rand. Right, right. Um, and so my point was, well, what's actually connecting the two is the kind of what you're saying about this connectedness between all of us and. And so I, t- I look at the two invisible hand references mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. say, like, look, what's he talking about? He's talking about some idea of the big other. And I think that's mm-hmm. – isn't that mm-hmm. a crucial thing in capitalism, the belief that the big other really exists? And I think that yeah. thing is what's constant. So it's a, there are two different ideas of collectivity, right? The capitalist idea is it comes afterward and it's this invisible hand that forms it, which is – a big other that really exists. And then there's mm-hmm. a collectivity of we're just lacking all lacking subjects and thus collective, right? Like that, yeah. I think that I would say that's maybe the opposition between psychoanalysis and capitalism right there. Mm. No, that's, that's, that's very good because this is the, this is the next point that I wanted to get, get into is that like, like this whole area and we haven't talked about, about this specifically before on the, on the podcast, but this is a whole area for which, and this is going to anticipate our next episode, um, is a, is an area where psychoanalysis has been criticized by other, right, roundly, uh, yeah. roundly by other theorists. And it's, um, as far as I know, it's the only, um, it's the only, uh, I don't know, let's say a, a body of thought or, or mode of inquiry that is also a business practice. And like economics, you, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, so, and this was something, I mean, Michel Foucault might be the most famous. Um, I don't know about the most ardent cause he's concerned about other things like throughout his career, yeah. but he, he may be the most famous critic of, um, of, Oh, you know, the, the, he, I mean, he writes in the history of sexuality volume one, you know, like famously about the, like the, um, the psychoanalytic clinic is just like, this uh, bourgeois act of repression. It's just like confession uh, in the Catholic church. Like that's, and, and it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a money grab. 
And, What's and, part of the production of sexual? Part of the he doesn't say capitalist, but it's part of the capitalist production of sexuality, right? Right, That's, right, right, right. Which is which is against you know human creativity and, and that, that, that he wants to, bodies and pleasures. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what he ends. That's yeah. his term. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's yeah. interesting because I once was giving a talk on sort of the same thing. It's been kind of my hobby horse for a long time. This was many, not many, ten years ago, something, and and a a. I think she called herself a cultural materialist. Okay. She said, she said, well, this all seems fine and everything, but, you know, psychoanalysis, you just got the causality reversed. Like the point is psychoanalysis emerges because capitalism ha- has this structure of desire that, cap- right. that psychoanalysis just takes up. So I think you're right. And that's why I like your before idea that because that, yeah. that I think that really for a lot of people is a salient argument that mm. – you know that that psychoanalysis is fine, but it's just really responding to the capitalist structure and right. and 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 giving us a theory of that, not giving us a theory of desire as such. And I think that's a big, big question and a big difference. But I think, as you pointed out, I think it's pretty conclusive that actually the psychoanalytic account of desire. Uh, resists the capitalist model, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 shows the problems with the capitalist. I mean, it, it designates even it designates even uh, the tension within Smith, you right? Know? And right. that and right. and so yeah, so it's not just this like I mean, th- this is always I, I you know it's really funny like I don't th- I mean I, I don't know I mean our our listeners are like from all over all over the map. Uh, and like all different kinds of backgrounds. So not everybody gets this, but, um, excuse me, but, um, it's the only, I have never heard of another, um, theory that people accuse of like, well, you just hid something and then you found it and you pretended that like you did like work in, in getting it. I've never heard that lobbied at any other, at any other idea, but like, so this, so, but it's part and parcel of this, of this critique, which is like, well, you just saw capitalism and then you made manifest the structure of that. And then you said, oh, actually that's just all all people do that when really it's just a, and I've never, I've never heard that. I, I've never heard anybody else. I've, I've, I don't know, object-oriented ontologists, uh, affect theorists, uh, you know, queer theorists. I've, I never heard that lobbied at other. Yeah, that same attack I, yeah. doesn't get along. I mean, it's interesting because I think that, you know, so Georg Lukács is the one who, he's the main Marxist critic, mm-hmm. I think, most vehement Marxist critic of psychoanalysis. And his point is it gets you thinking individually and it gets you thinking about your own pathologies and not linking those to social pathologies. Mm. And I think that's totally wrong, but I do, that at least makes a little more sense to me as a, as a critique, you know, that it, that Mm -hmm. it's, that it's more. And I think as a practice, that often is true, that there often is individualistic in its, I mean, but the question is like, what is it like? a real psychoanalysis isn't trying to produce an adjustment to the society, mm-hmm. but maybe a position that would be much more active and able to challenge the society. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I like this, um, uh, to cite a, a source I often cite. I mean, uh, Joan Kopchak has said that psychoanalysis is a wound to thought that needs to constantly be reinflicted. Yeah. And I yeah. think that like, that's, 
that's the approach. It's interesting about Lukacs, though, is that, um, and we had a, um, a listener email me. I haven't emailed this person back, but um, we mentioned many episodes back about, like, Lacan's intervention specifically, like, if, speaking in broad strokes, like what he does with for, um, I mean, I think Freud does this too, but Lacan makes this more clear, is, is that um, he socializes the import of psychoanalysis. Right. And it's it's almost, I mean, I don't know when Lukács writes that, but um, it's almost like like Lacan is like seeing that and being like, Responding yeah, okay. to, to Lukács' yeah. critique of Freud. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what what he would have been aware of, but but mm-hmm. it's clear to me that Lukács would not have had any knowledge of Lacan and he's responding just to Freud and right, to the practice right. of Freudian analysis. And the yeah. way it's disseminated in America, well, I mean, he's not totally right. He's not wrong, really, yeah, right? Like, yeah. he's he's got a point. So It's, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's um it's important that, like, the the, the watchword here is, um, is, is desire. And so what capitalism capitalizes on is a structure of desire that is prior to a, a system of economy. Right. And, and, right. and I think that, I mean, we we're always talking about this, about like one of the problems that the, um, that the left has is that, um, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't mobilize, uh, let's just I'll put it this way. It doesn't mobilize dissatisfaction, um, and the way that the right does. And like, I, I think the, because we've just, we've been in, everyone's just been in this system that just feels like it's the air that we breathe that this like that this repetition of this repetition of buyer's remorse is like that's what it means to i don't know grow up and accumulate things so we should just be doing that and like and it's i think it's hard um to argue on the I mean, nobody on, on the mainstream left is arguing on like the psychical or like the felt side of right, what of right. what their their policies would portend. But that's kind of an it's kind of an issue. Is it's go it's it's actually it's going against not nature, but just something that people feel is natural because of its of repetition. Right. I think that's really good, and I think uh, I think that the the fear is that a revolution would rob us of our satisfaction, right? Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the fear of any kind of socialist uprising. Like that would, that would, that's why, you know, when there's a chance that Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders might win the election, like all of a sudden Mark Zuckerberg's having a coronary and, you know, like <laughs> they're going to steal our satisfaction from us. But yeah. what's interesting is that I think what the really, okay, that's what people say. I think what's really at work is there's a fear that our dissatisfaction mm-hmm. will be taken from us, right? Like yeah, our right. just what you said right, that yeah, buyer's yeah. remorse example, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like the that that what really and I think this is a certain it's so strange to say, but I think it's true that one of the things that keeps us attached to capitalism is precisely the dissatisfaction that it produces, yeah. and that. That social society, the problem is it's, it promises to take away our dissatisfaction. Why? We don't want that. Yeah. Like yeah. we want the, like the, because the dissatisfaction is so integral to the repetition of satisfaction, but it's also, but we could still have that. But I think it, it also, through the dissatisfaction, there's this image of an ultimate pleasure that mm-hmm. appears, an ultimate enjoyment that appears. And I think that's the, we fear that will be lost. Like this, mm. this feeling that I have that I think, you know, 
that I, that I think the film is going to build to at the end that I think um, right, right, right. my life is going to, or they think that the purchase of a certain commodity is going to give me. It's going to change even, everything. I, moving somewhere. Right, you right, know, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. <clears throat> no, I yeah. have that even when I'm buying a Diet Coke, I'm like, oh. <laughs> especially a Diet Jerry Coke. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to no. be like after this. I mean, I don't even have to have anything. It's really uh, funny. You know what? That's, I, well, you know, I mean, Slavoj makes a big deal about the, uh, the Coke in, um, right, I think right. it's the pervert's guide to ideology, but I mean, it, it is funny. Like any, every time that I've been thirsty and it does, I mean, this is totally anecdotal, but I mean, it, it, it is, it's one of those things that, um, again, it's one of those things that adds up, uh, against, um, I mean, I would say like against, the, um, the left and I think against psychoanalysis for like trying to point these things out. Is it like every time that I've bought like a Coke when I've been really thirsty, it's like maybe that first sip has been pretty good, but then I just have this bottle and I, it's like, they're just like all over my car and they're just like half full. I didn't finish it. And it's like, it's just an index of like, it's almost like, like time to, uh, recognition of, of, of of the drive, right? right, right, Like that, that empty space. Um, and then, you know, it's just the, the black liquid that's swirling around this, like this void of my, of my desire. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know, it's interesting, but I think like, you know, this is, um, this is one of those, one of those, um, one of those challenges that I think, um, falls for, uh, or I think one of those moments where like the, the challenge for psychoanalysis is actually the challenge of the left as well. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I think it's interesting that yeah. that does correspond in this case. Yeah. 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 Cause it, I don't know that it always does, but like it, it certainly does. It certainly does here where like, I don't know, like it just, I mean, it just seems very obvious to me. Like why, why, why would you want to invest yourself, invest an interesting word choice, right? Why would you want to invest yourself in like a, a theory of, uh, the subject that uh, makes you aware of the mechanism of of uh, of capitalism, right? Like that, like isn't right. it, isn't it much better? The the um, how did Smith put it? This like organized. He doesn't say organized illusion, but like what what was his his word choice? Yeah, the yeah. Like, isn't the illusion better? Isn't yeah. the illusion that we really are self interested? beings or that wealth? Sorry, not that we're self interested. He definitely thinks that that we're mm-hmm. that wealth will really provide some kind of happiness for me right. like that's the illusion and i think you're right it's a it's a little bit red pill blue pill kind of thing <laughs> i think right? yeah, yeah 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 no it's 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 well i mean in a genuine sense not the way that that term is used on the internet right where the right 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 yeah. i mean in the matrix sense in the matrix the sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the gen toward toward a genuine uh Red pill, blue pill of the matrix, right? That sounds like a paper that I could <laughs> see at, at MLA or something. No, so this is okay. So um, I think that I think we're at the point in the podcast where it's we start to ask the more speculative questions, which is um, where where to from here with uh, with what with what we have from from psychoanalysis, like 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 what. Um, I, th- I think we've sort of shown the like the the objection to psychoanalysis as like its its model of desire is just based on right. a theory of economy and not a theory of the subject. And I think we've shown that like actually it is a theory of the subject. It pre exists this um, 
this widespread theory of how the economy should even go. So yeah. um, I think we've shown I think we've shown that. So then this, this is like I don't know the bigger, harder, more unanswerable questions. You can answer your own question if you want. If you don't think this is a, a no, I like this question. No, well, yeah, no, it was no, like no. so. What is the what is the next what is the next thing? Because it's all like this is one of the one of the things with um, psychoanalysis. I feel like you and I are both on the I don't know the vanguard of, which is that it's like it's all. This can't be. This can't be a private language. This can't like right. like having the like having the psychoanalytic insight can't be the secret cynical knowledge that you keep for yourself that is special by dint of nobody else being into it. That's so, absolutely like, true. Yeah. Absolutely so so true. where yeah. where's the inroad? And like, well, I think I think the first isn't the first inroad. It's interesting that I think that if you accept this understanding of the structure of desire within capitalism, consciousness raising doesn't help. Like there's yeah. no, hmm. I think, so I know I'm answering your positive question negatively. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, it's great. <laughs> I do think, like, I just want to say, like, that's yeah. that's not an answer. Like, it's not to giving people enough knowledge about yeah, yeah you know, exploitation or about how bad capitalism is, what it's doing to the environment, like that's not going to be helpful because mm-hmm. what we have to do is get rid of our attachment to the dissatisfaction that capitalism produces and mm-hmm. and our attachment to the promise of this future satisfaction that will be surpass everything. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that, you know, um, Slavoj often uses this term of uh, uncoupling or... or yeah or uh, subtraction or, or like stepping back. Like Bartleby is his, yes. is his figure for that. But I do, I'm not so sure about that, but I do think that, yeah. I do think that, that there is that gesture is necessary. That disinvestment in, cause mm-hmm. you talked about investment in psychoanalysis, right, but right, right. there's a corresponding disinvestment in, mm. in the, in the capitalist structure. It's interesting because uh, last night I was talking about psychoanalysis to my cl- class and and I said, you know, someone asked it very naive and I liked the question, very nice question. He said, he's like, well, um, how do I, there are all these theories that are self-contained and whole and how do I know, how can I pick between them? Hmm. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, there's no, there's no, you only, it will all be clear to you once you've, believe i said have faith and then you'll be you'll be healed but i think it's interesting i think i misspoke because the point of psychoanalysis have faith and then you'll see you're not healed like yeah, that's yeah, it's like yeah, it doesn't yeah. give you the religious or the thing that other like i think Deleuze gives you that like have faith you'll be healed foucault mm-hmm. gives you that have faith yeah. you'll be healed but psychoanalysis says yeah yeah have faith so you can see it but then you get to experience your woundedness, I, like Jones' great statement, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think all this is a way of saying I think it's a pretty tough, tough sell. I think it, people yeah. that sell things, commodities, have it easier. They certainly do because what they sell. I mean, this is this is really so. A lot of times I've been talking about, um, uh, oh, even like like this is you know some like Lee Edelman's uh, intervention in, in queer theory, um, like who wants to enter. Uh, to emphasize a, a kind of a queer negativity, 
Right. Like, uh, you know, even even something like that, like, or when I've been talking about psychoanalysis, in different classes from different people, uh, they've asked me either, you know, during class or after, and they've just, they, like, they've just said, like, earnestly, and it's a, it's a real, and I think it's a real question, and I think it's a real uh, new problem in the path of psychoanalysis is, but does it have to be so negative? Right. That's what, that's right. what, that's what people, like, that's what I hear from people. And, you know, at first I was like really bullish and I was like, yeah, no, of course it does. It's got it. You know, you have to, yeah. and which I still think is right. But I, I, I think that it's, um, it produces an advertising problem. Where, I agree with that. I yeah, agree with that. And I, yeah, but I also yeah. think like, this is where I'm, I think Lee is probably wrong because I think that the negativity always implies a, some kind of positive position, right? There's yeah. no, like, this is why I think the Bartleby thing is a little misleading because so can he you just, play that out a little bit in case someone's listening is the first time they, they know about it. Oh, about Bartleby, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, so this is, I think, where does it get most developed? Maybe the end of the parallax view? Or? I think that's right. Yeah, par- parallax view, where, absolutely. And I think he talks about it again in, in, in Less Than Nothing, I think. I right, it, get, it repeats for sure. Yeah. Um, so B- Bartleby, and he even... Um, in a lot of his talks, would wear a shirt that said, I would prefer not to, which is right. Bartleby's mm-hmm. famous line. And I think, um, so his his Bartleby politics are withdraw from the, and I think it's basically withdraw from the two choices that the mm-hmm. liberal capitalist universe gives us. On the one hand, liberal capitalism, and on right. the other hand, fascistic mm-hmm. or reactionary populist movements. Right. So, so basically, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, Donald and so, Trump, right, right. so in the election, he was trying to do that Bartleby thing of withdrawing from the two options, and then, and then the question is like, how does that translate? And Bartleby does this; he's a scrivener, mm-hmm. and he does this much to the chagrin of the narrator of the little short story by Melville, who is a uh, his boss, and he ends up having to fire him because he he would prefer not to do his job. So, right, right. Which, if you if you read the story, there's it's funny because of course Bartleby's a hero, but you have a little sympathy for the narrator. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be a nice boss, but this guy, he just never does. His, he never does. <laughs> Puts him in a tough position. What else is he gonna do? Yeah. And so that really that that um you know that that problem. So that the so Bartleby pro- and so the Bartleby problem becomes for for. Slavoj, how do you put that into a positive political program? But I think mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. to have one. There has to be some positive program attached. I don't mean positive in the sense of make us feel better, but positive, right. like actually advocating. As something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As uh, as a, as additive, right? As right, uh, right, you know, right. You know, the word the word we try to avoid is pro- progressive, but like that's the, that's the that's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. that's the idea. Well, well I mean, or not even. I mean, I just. I mean, it can be. It doesn't have to even be progressive, but just some kind of proposal, like something yeah. that's just trying to do something, right? Like mm-hmm. Bartleby. If you just look at him, he's not trying to do anything. He's more like you know who he's kind of like. It's kind of like Joker and. <laughs> in Dark Knight, right? Like he's just trying to just muck with the works. And he actually he has even less of a project than Joker does. So Right. That's well, yeah, Joker cuz Joker he yeah, the Nolan Joker tries to um tight five on Nolan's Joker. Um I do you believe him when he says he's just a dog chasing cars? Because I don't. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Again, I, yeah. I think that that's the lie of any yeah. pure ne- like. Just like I don't believe Lee Edelman when he says I'm only about queer negativity, right? Like I yeah. think there's yeah. always some secret. It can be secret or it can be overt political program attached to even this total anti politics of withdrawal. 
Yeah, no, that's really good. So, okay, so this, so this, um, I mean, this brings us back to the to the thing. I mean, I, I think that um, so for me, part part of my, to, I'll answer my own question a little bit, and, and okay, we can, we can play around. Since with I this. answered it so poorly, no, 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 I think, <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. I kind of punted it, so I, I accept that. Well, I mean, I mean, I think what we have is is like the um, the value of. Again, I mean, it's hard to talk outside of a uh, capitalist language, right? Um, or the language of economy. Um, yeah. But what we have is the um, the value of this perspective. Like, I think, right. like, you know, it, right. we can continue to um, to rectify and to show it. And I think that the where where the where the inroads for uh, like a wider project that is not. I think you're right to say this. That is not strictly like consciousness raising because I think the problem that the problem attendant to the consciousness raising uh, project is it is um, like it, the enjoyment is uh, naming and shaming folks and it's right. not in right. getting them to stop like I mean that would almost be fine it's in that like you are the like you know there's no value in being like the wokest white person like it's just and 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 trying to trying to legislate the behavior of all of like your friends and 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 pointing out the, the things that they have and uh and the things that they do and what the problems are there like that that's that's a um it's that's a that's is, is a false project it seems well it's also an individualist project, i was just gonna right? say yeah it yeah. doesn't point yeah. it, it it but it, it's it's important why it's an individualist project i think because yeah. that seems to be well if you get all the people that'll make a, a collective uh, but it's it's just like it's like you know it's just like this thing like re- recycling i think the idea of recycling is makes it very very clear that like yeah um I'll, you'll, I'll see this online where people will say like, well, you know, and I think I think seriously, unless they're Russian bots or whatever, like they'll say on, on Reddit or something that like, yeah, if just like millions of people would do their own part, then it wouldn't matter what the corporations do. And it's just yeah, like it's, it's a, the a exact mind, reverse. It's, it's exactly, exact reverse. It's exactly yeah. the reverse. That if the corporations yeah. weren't doing what they were doing, millions of people could just throw garbage out of their car, and it, re- it wouldn't. It actually wouldn't matter, right, except right. for I mean, lo- that the is local a, view. Yeah, right. That's such a great point. Like the if everyone took their little bottles to the recycling thing, it mm-hmm. would still like they can only be recycled a very limited number of times anyway, yeah. the plastic yeah. bottles, mm-hmm. right? So so then eventually you're going to have to throw them in the Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. no, there's it's not like, you know, we can produce the, all this crap and if individuals just act perfectly, then it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. I just think that's just such a naive position. But it also... I, I thought you were going to say this because this is kind of your hobby horse. It's a, it's a, it's a misconstrued idea of universality, right? Like yeah, it thinks well, like true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you can add up all these particular ones and get to an, a whole, but you right. can only it's only through universality directly that you get to that point. Exactly, and this, thank you very much, helps. Okay, I think it pushes me toward how I'm going to answer my own question, which is like, okay. how do you get to how do you get to the universality? I think yeah. what you what we need what one needs as grandiose. Uh, but like there is so much of, um, psychoanalysis that is just a part of how people think and is just a part of how, I mean, even more specifically to, you know, our, our field is just people who wouldn't, um, consider themselves uh, allied at all with psychoanalysis 
would publish a paper and write about the uncanny, right? Right. Like, right, or, or just, sure. or, or just toss, or just toss the word in, like, yep. like, like just a little bit. And th- this happens a lot in scholarship, where you have like a bunch of, you have a lot of people. I could name names, but that's not the point. But you have a lot, you have a lot of scholars that are just using the language of psychoanalysis that has like very uh, specific psychoanalytic meaning that can be extended, right? right. That doesn't it isn't just words and ideas to be applied to things, right. but it can, can be extended through like other examples or working through. And it's just treated like it's a dead, uh, like just like a dead theory, like the Latin of, of the theory world, right? Where right. nothing's being added to it and nothing's new. And I, to the point where actually I read something again, not naming and shaming, uh, but I read something in an essay where somebody, um, somebody referred to, like they use like a whole bunch of like specifically psychoanalytic terms and then called it a uh, surrealist part of like surrealist theory of cinema. Oh, right. and, I, and I thought yeah. that's like, that's unbelievable. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so my, my pitch toward, <laughs> toward a new universality of a psychoanalytic language is to um, actually pick at these points where psychoanalysis is already widely like accepted. Like people, like just the idea that your dreams mean something like that's sort of in the Bible, but I mean, it's also like from Freud. Right. You know, and right. and and also that it's not direct, that the meaning of the dream is not direct is that's that's from Freud. So I think that um, it's it's t- um, for me, moving toward universality um, it is is actually w- would be to, to, to look at, I don't know, like the assumptions that are sort of widespread in I mean, I su- suppose particularly the Western world, but and and to bring that back to its like home understanding to then move forward, not to just bring every, not to show how, how psychoanalytic everybody is um, exactly, but to just say like, Hey, you already agree with these things. You know, you already, as I like to say, you already think people don't always do things for the reasons they think they do them. You already think that, um, you know, that like when you mishear something that you heard what you wanted or when you miss see something, you know, like, uh, like it says like, uh, like on a store, it says 50% off. It actually says 5%, but you wanted it to be more, right? You already think there's something in those things. You actually already believe in a hermeneutics, uh, of the subject, the, to reference, uh, Foucault, like, so that's a starting point toward like, like new work, I think. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's too academic. I'm not sure. But no, I like that idea. Except I, I guess I, I, I thought you were like I agree that 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 can be the like those kind of points can be a jumping off point for universality. Mm-hmm. But my question is, and I agree, of course, that the response to capitalism has to be a universalist one. Yeah, mm-hmm. precisely because I don't think because capitalism itself is universal, but I think because capitalism itself is particularist. So mm-hmm, it, respo- mm-hmm. it requires a universalist response. But I guess what I was going to, my question for you is like, how does that, it's still unclear to me how that looks as a larger program. Does that look more like consciousness raising of a different stripe? Well, no, I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I just, I, it just seems abstract to me, like yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a, you know, as a way, because I feel like, I think, in other words, I think psychoanalysis is very good at, 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 at seeing the the impasses of capitalism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that it has. It its points own out the the positive aspects mm-hmm. of another system, 
Right, yeah. right, right. Or, or that it is itself another mm. system. So that's, I think, that, I mean, I think that's the, the, the key problem or key question, right? Like, is, to what extent does it have, like, is there a way to think about, if we think about desire mm-hmm. in the way that we've talked about, I wonder if, I wonder if that understanding of desire is enough to, yeah, is enough to itself maybe ground like, because there's a way in which okay capitalism, it doesn't mirror but it, it responds to our structure of our mm-hmm. desire right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. would it be would it be a would would this be requisite for a let's call it egalitarian or mm-hmm. if you don't like that socialist system no, whatever yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. comes afterward. Um, like what would it be rec- would this be enough would be to say like you recognize the satisfaction within the series of failures mm-hmm. and without the idea of coming to some ultimate promised horizon right like yeah 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 that i i guess like what would it be reasonable mm-hmm. to say that that's political project i mean for one thing would anyone attach themselves to that <laughs> like it's like yeah, okay it's marxism it's nice because you get the idea of yeah. the revolution you know mm-hmm. jenny and carl used to sit around and go you know after the re- revolution we don't have to worry about the you know that was a little yeah, joke right, they would right, say right, to each right, other. Right. <laughs> but what would we have we wouldn't even have that we just say oh, after the revolution is going to be worse because we're not going to be able to <laughs> We're not going to be able to like because you have to encounter the subject, <laughs> right? You have to encounter yeah. subjectivity. Yeah. We don't have the idea of like going to Disneyland as the <laughs> thing that's going to you know mm. bring us this ultimate enjoyment. So I feel like I so this idea that psychoanalysis is a downer. Yeah. I think that's really. I think there's something really to that. I mean, mm. I guess the question is: is there a is there a corresponding benefit? Or, mm-hmm. or maybe that you don't even you shouldn't even talk about benefits. But I think, you know, I was I was at a at a conference this last weekend, and Sheldon George, who's one of our friends, mm. um, made the point. Someone asked him a question. It was not a psychoanalytic conference, so we were in the minority. Mm-hmm. And uh, and someone asked a question, and and he said, "Well, you just have to about how to how to deal, you know, what you can tell the racist about giving up this racist fantasy. It's going to be mm-hmm. disappointing." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Just tell them to embrace their lack." And then a group of us were sitting together clapped, and we were the only ten people that clapped, and the whole like five hundred people. So it was very awkward. Um, but uh, but I think that that's like, is there a kind? Is there something? Is there something you get from embracing your lack that you don't get from capitalism? I think that's the question. Yeah, that's pretty good. So now to play, I guess this is the the. I mean, isn't this always the problem? Is that like it's um, the limit. The limit to psychoanalysis in the context of this conversation might be a hard limit, whereas the limit of capitalism is something that could always exceed. And like, I think this is Slavoj's point about, um, you know, of course, like Marx famously thought capitalism would just crumble and it would eventually become communism because of the like uh, the the necessity of, of profit would just become like it become too too much. Right. And what we what he doesn't have is a theory of ideology, as we talked about many times, right? Exactly. That, that, that exactly. supports that. So he, yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah. so that's what supports that thing. So, um, and that's what allows capitalism to pass through that 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 logic. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so psychoanalysis being um, radically like opposed to, to ideology, um, 
does it have this, um, I don't know, does it have this, does it have this limit of, uh, it, it, it cannot fight on that terrain. So like you said, the, the, um, you use like you use the word benefit, but like it's, it's capitalism can always offer you something tangible. And I think that the psychoanalysis maybe can't fight on that terrain. Um, and I don't know, is that the, is, is that the, is that the thing? Is it, is it maybe shifting how you think of what is tangible? Like does thought have to be, tangible like does it i mean as like i like to kind of talk about all the time right does is the move in uh thinking about thinking as being this more physical tangible thing about about thought itself let's say for itself being the commodity does that do anything well i guess the point is that this question of benefit right like Mm -hmm. how you define benefit and i think the benefit of breaking from the capitalist logic of the promise of a future mm-hmm. fully satisfying satisfaction is that you can really, you can enjoy your lack, I think, without feeling that it's, there's something more that you're missing out on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's the key. That's like, like, I yeah. think capitalism, the problem is that every pleasure that you have, it's tied to this idea that, wait a minute, as I'm feeling it, I'm like, there's something more, you know? And I, I love, mm-hmm. do you know the song by Roxy Music, Nothing uh, More Than This? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's in, it's in the great film Lost in Translation, and Bill Murray, um, he, he uh, it's not lip sync, what they call it, karaoke set. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I thought, like, that's the perfect, that's the message of this film, is that, like, there's not going to be a better situation, like, there's no other situation that's going to be more enjoyable for us than this, even though yeah. we're lacking. He and Scarlett Johansson aren't, they aren't a couple, they're out of, their age is out of phase, so they can't get together. So so uh, I know for certain men that wouldn't be a problem. Or for certain uh, films, other films. Certain films, other other right, right, yeah, right. Right, right. Woody Allen would not, he'd say that's a perfect <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are you, crazy? Um, yeah. So we both so, resisted a Woody Allen impression. I'm really proud of us. So please continue. Well, I, I didn't resist anything. You're the only one that ah, right, impressions, okay, right. and you know, <laughs> that just is a way of teasing our future episode when Jimmy Stewart <laughs> oh is God. the guest that <laughs> I get to interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be, yeah, we'll send it as part of my demo reel to anywhere in Hollywood, and then they'll come get me fired from Pomona for trying to do. Okay, this. I don't yes. think Pomona's <laughs> going to fire you for that. I think you're going to get you're going to be the president of Pomona. Oh, okay, College. that's right. Yeah, for I, my yeah for my Jimmy Stewart. I I mean, that, that part I mean, of my tenure case, think about right? no I just mean in the sense that like how look how much money you could make and just in the pure capital like like most presidents are so boring right like we gotta go they're just I'll tell you but anyway okay who cares but <laughs> but but most are terrible if, we had, a provo- and, if we had a provost though because that's what the provosts do they care about the money Right, but the yeah. president earns the money. The no, president is, that's the, pro, president has, it's ceremonial. It just means you go to earn money for, not earn, but <laughs> get up donations for the university. So I think if you had the Stewart thing, I think you would be, along with the Nick Cage, which also you do quite well. <laughs> similar, yeah, right. It's very similar, but, but uh, yeah, I think that there is no way that you would not make Pomona pass Harvard for having the largest endowment. <laughs> so. All right, but anyway, I'll work, back to this I'll question. I'll work on that. Back to the question, yeah. Okay, back to the question. So I think that there is this interesting way in which this idea that there's nothing more than this, that mm. that 
that that really there's some kind of there's some appeal to it at least when roxy music sings it i I find it appealing and and like it but i think that i mean that i you can almost even imagine that as a slogan of a psychoanalytic politics right interesting more than this yeah yeah that there's nothing like there's nothing and and of course what you're enjoying is the nothing anyway so that has a double play in that that's intriguing i mean but like so i mean that's still yeah, I mean, I guess that that's uh, maybe maybe this was obvious. I should have gotten to this like twenty minutes ago, but like the it, the turn is in like making the well. I mean, you even said this about sort of Lee's project, but I think this is like this. We've gotten to a point where maybe it's like it's more clear, and we've worked through it. Where like if what you can't if we if you cannot lose the uh, the 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 negativity, like that has to be seen as uh, a, a positive. Right. Not as not right. in an evaluative sense, but as in a sort of an, as in an additive one, and right. so like yeah, I wonder if that's the because uh, that's the, I don't know I've never you know what I should start saying that to students when they when they bring that up because like that like you <laughs> uh, what is it the um, the the line we've I, you I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast but like the the line from to keep doing this through music. From uh, from ABBA from Waterloo, I feel like I win when I lose. When I lose, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Has that's to... exactly the. I mean, that's the psychoanalytic idea in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, Waterloo is pretty popular. <laughs> so it is. I think it's off the back of ABBA that the uh, the total psychoanalytic project can be can be thought of. I mean, I say yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's I, interesting that through, yeah. doesn't it nicely doesn't that ABBA song nicely contract. Which, by the way, gives the lie to the idea that pop music is a, or is is that a pop or rock pop? I guess no, they're, they're pop. I think yeah, that, that that it's just a capitalist, you know, machine. Like sure. it's clearly, like they've articulated something more radical than you know, <laughs> than most uh, academic treatises. Than rage but, against the machine. That's a, yeah. what a hot take that is. <laughs> Abba, yeah, Abba, more uh, politically dissident than rage against right. the machine. Anyway, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I like this idea that that. Um, you know, I feel like I win when I lose, and I think because the the capitalist thing is the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like I lose when I win. Like right, you're right. constantly driven to win, mm-hmm. but then the immediate feeling is, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I've lost. There's something I didn't get. Right. Like, right. and and what's interesting about the capitalist system is the more that you achieve and win. Mm-hmm. the more that you feel like you didn't get it and you've lost. Right, like, that's right, why right, it's just right. no mystery. And it, I mean, it seems like if you just were a reasonable person looking at it, you'd say like, okay, who's the most avaricious capitalist, the mm-hmm. most ravenous capitalist? They would be the people that have the least, right? Because mm-hmm. they feel that they don't, they're lacking. And, but it's actually, of course, 180 degrees. It's the opposite, right? Yeah. Like the, it's, the, it's those that are at the absolute top Bezos. that don't allow any, like the slightest failing, they're, they're, they feel like they've missed out on everything. And they're also yeah. always the ones that want more and more and more. So I think right. that, right. And, which is, of course, why the idea of a wealth tax is such anathema, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would mean like, oh my God, we can't continue this, we're going to miss out on, what if we missed out on a little bit? Then, right. You know. Do you think I, w- I I've been thinking about this for a while. I want to ask you this question. Um, the, do you think that because it's been pop because the the wealth tax has been popular with um, with voters and non-voters. I think and non-voters right, being right. more more important. Which I like I, again. I like. There's nothing I I um, 
Well, you hate you, you hate non-voting, yeah. I know. Well, I hate that, but I also hate that when the uh, mainstream media covers um, election stuff, it's it's only talking about voters and swing votes, and it's not talking about non-voters because that's oh, the whole, okay, yeah. To, to me, yeah. that's the whole project. I mean, that's how right. Alexandra to make Ocasio non-voters Cortez, into voters. Exactly. That's how she yeah. gets. That's how she got vo- the, uh, got elected. Is right. that she made non-voters see that you are in the picture to make right. it Lacanian, right? Right. Um, right. And uh, so anyway, so that, that part, that part bothers me uh, when, when, when that, that angle is not covered. But I wonder like, if you think that, well, cause we talked uh, previously about like the, like the figure of the left enjoyment. Do you think it's enough, like the Robin hood aspect taking from the rich? Probably think, not. No, you don't think so. Yeah. No, yeah. No. I think, well, I think that I do like this idea that, Bernie Sanders floated recently that there will be no, it will just simply be illegal to be a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, right. I like that idea a lot, quite a bit. But I I feel like if it's not, or if it's not illegal, just so shameful that no one would, see, that's what I think is necessary is Mm -hmm. this shift in the notion of shame even because Mm -hmm. I I feel like legal things are very important. I'm not Mm -hmm. not one of these antinomial people at all. But I also feel like Aren't the social mores even more constraining and, and guiding than a legal apparatus? And I think Smith thought so, that to bring it back. Smith definitely thought that, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. He did. He did. Yeah. And I think that there's a way in which, you know, the association of wealth with shame, like I mm-hmm. think that's in, you know, yeah. this great thing in Chinatown where um, Jake Geddes talks to. I'm going to say the actor's name to, yeah, to, uh, to John Houston, and he says, or to Noah, what's his name, Noah Cross. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, wh- why did you do it? How much better could you eat? What could yeah. you buy that you don't already have? And, yeah. and then Cross's response is beautiful. He says, it's the future, Mr. Getz. He always mispronounces his name, yeah. the future. And I think that's really interesting that the capitalist, like I think that, that what, what, Jake Geddes was confronting him there was mm-hmm. the, with his, the possibility of feeling shame. Of course, he doesn't even feel shame about the fact that he raped his daughter yeah. and incested, incestuously produced a offspring. But mm-hmm. um, I do think that that idea of shame is really is important to reintroduce and shame yeah. associated with excess wealth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think you're right because that's where like I, you can see in like you can almost see like this. It's like the the seeds of um, the seeds that would make the uh, of like the right answer are just like they're, I don't know they're like they're growing in the wrong garden because like the way that, right. that people on the mainstream left use shame is to like shame people for their personal particular behaviors when really right. It, it, right. it's it's like and again it's it, they're they're not mutually exclusive projects but the one that shames wealth is just like you could just invest totally in that right plus it's so hard to do I mean like no one does it. Yeah. And like you would be, people would think you're a crazy person, like to yeah. to shame someone who otherwise is politically correct, mm-hmm. but has a shameful amount of wealth. Like that would that would seem, you know. Oh, you, you remember this from months ago? We uh, this is sometime last year when we had a podcast during the Manafort trial, and um, the judge interrupted the prosecution. I do to remember say, that. Yeah, that it's not illegal to be wealthy. To be wealthy, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and that—that—that yeah. that, that was what the—that he thought their, um, their attack was like, sort of like resting on. That, it would like, have been an interesting obscenity. response yeah. if the lawyer said, "Yeah, but it's shameful." 
Yeah, that's you know, like good. that would have been an interesting response. I yeah, think. yeah. I do. I, I I was just thinking about so one of the later chapters in the book, and it's interesting because I think this is probably the worst chapter, but people <laughs> like it the most. Okay. Um, is is on the difference between romance and love, and okay. that capitalism is like is it both uses obviously, and it's modeled on the idea of romance that we are constantly searching for a soulmate, and that if you find oh, okay. that soulmate, you'll gain perfect completion, right? So right. like the Jerry Maguire, you complete me and mm-hmm. and I achieve it. And then I think love actually is I give my lack to someone and they give their lack back to me. So there's mm-hmm. no possible, there's no symmetry or possible completion or complementarity in the love relation. And I think it may be that one of the things that you know the that so you would lose you give up capitalist I model of socioeconomic system you lose romance, mm-hmm. but I think you gain love because I think love is yeah. incompatible with capitalism because it's not like unlike romance which which through which you're accumulating something right, right? like right. I get this good object who has right it's transactional then, yeah. right it's transactional yeah. and, and you always. You know, if you're looking around for people, you're if you do it on the match uh, thing on Tinder, on Tinder is that the thing? Tinder, yeah. yeah. So you're looking, you're looking like, okay, what's their value relative to mine, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing a, a total exchange of exchange values in a kind <laughs> of way, right? And but but with love, it doesn't work like that. Like there's no there's no kind of exchange. I mean, there's an exchange of curves, but it's not one that 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 uh, has the gets you anything like it i i think the I, my idea of love would be that it actually takes something away from you right like it yeah, yeah. for one thing it takes your conscious control away from you it it, it it's it, it's a subtraction from you mm. that's and a, so i yeah, yeah no i mean like that's no that's like perfectly um that's a perfectly lacanian right like like under understanding and i mean it gets back to the one of the foundational things about this this minus one and it's through it's actually you know, like it's through the lack. Well, what, what, what I mean, the uh, the in you more than you. I know this is added, yeah, yeah, like other yeah. other concepts, but like that's uh, no, that's pretty good. And like, there's you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned this, and I know that we're we're heading to a close, so this is just like um, I'll try to just leave this. But like, I, I think I'm going to teach a class next semester on the idea of the two um, in in psychoanalysis, and like what you're saying is very important because the. I mean, the idea kind of goes like this, is that, like, in any theory, and this is what we talked about in the, in the podcast, you have a theory of the one, and the one right. can't be a whole one, W-H-O-L-E, right. which is, that is um, tabula rasa, that's blank slate, that's just right. a- adding and accumulating, okay? What, it, what the one has to be is it has to be subtracted, just like we're, just like we're saying, like, just the, like with, with desire, the psychoanalytic uh, conception of the subject is a subtracted being. And so the two, then, can't be two ones, Right. Like there has to right. be subtraction within that. And I, I think that this l- actually designates almost everything we've been talking about, which is how do you get around that, like that negativity and like the in the evaluative sense that is sort of distancing, which is associating it with with love. Like this is actually like this is the well, I don't know what the richer reward is through this process of subtraction is that like right. what you think of that right no i think that's absolutely true i think that there's a way that you know anybody that's gone on this even gone on tinder say in this or what's the other opposite grinder um but my point is that 
that I think that the the there's something ultimate like this idea of searching for a soulmate, even if you do it there, wherever you do it. Like I feel like that that brings with it the dissatisfaction of always thinking maybe my real soulmate is elsewhere, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think that you never, if, once you're in the logic of the soulmate, I think you, just like once you're in the logic of capitalism, because I think the logic of the soulmate is the logic of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think once you're in that, you can't get out of this idea that like there's a better one out there somewhere. And I, mm-hmm. and, and love, I doesn't allow that. Like love is, you know, you, you, it takes away something from you, but there is a kind of enjoyment that doesn't have the promise of something better elsewhere attached to it. So it does allow, I mean, I think I want to avoid the, the truism that like, you know, be satisfied where you are or something like that. But oh, I love the one you're with. To love the song. one you're with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. All we talk yeah. about a lot of songs today, yeah, but I no, do feel like, I do feel like, um, that really, that really, that, 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 I think it's two different things. I think like the being satisfied where you are and not and 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 turning inward is not the same as giving mm-hmm. up the idea of this better scene somewhere else, mm-hmm. which I think is the I think if you could distill the capitalist uh, fantasy down to a nutshell, it's that there's a better thing just around the corner that I could buy mm. or that I could acquire. I like. That, I that like this be... around the corners. I, I, sorry, I, I stepped on what you were saying a little bit. No, but no, I like good. the around the corner because it's not the same as the grass is always greener. It's actually what you have in your idea is actually this idea of like motion and like forward motion. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it's just if I just keep going, like something's going to come my way. Right. Or I'm going to find something. There's actually there's something more active in it. And if it was just like if the logic of capital, capital like and, and desire was just this like you were it's stationary. And it's, it's, you know, it's not like, like moving right toward you or past you, then it wouldn't be as um, intoxicating. Intoxicating. Absolutely agree. And I also feel like that's how the Marxist program is intoxicating as well. Like, Mm. isn't it, isn't it exactly the same kind of logic as capitalism itself? Like just to a T, like it's just, if we just keep going around Mm. the corner, there's this revolutionary society that in which I'm really going to have like the earth won't be warming. Right. People will be getting along with each other. There'll be these little communities that'll all get along harmoniously. And then Mm -hmm, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll somehow there'll be a communitarian arrangement that they can all be together or whatever. Like the, the Soviets will be self-governing or whatever the image is. It's always one of you turn around the corner and, like there's there's a non-lacking future there. We're yeah, waiting, yeah. It rests on it rests on a on a futurity rather than like a. Um, it's really funny because that uh, I it like one of the um, pieces of bourgeois uh, wisdom that we take regularly to task is the uh, right like live in the moment sort of yes. thing. But yeah. I but it's yeah. actually like um. I actually think it's like live in a relentless future um, right. where you're actually never encountering yourself. Or, or I think it's other. a great point. I yeah. think it's a great point that even though we hear this cliche ideologically drummed into us all the time, live in the moment, it never really means live in the moment because mm-hmm. it because isn't it because it has the structure of a super egoic imperative that we can mm-hmm. never fully obey enough? Like 
Yeah. How do you actually live in the moment? Like the moment you're like, I'm not doing it enough. I'm not right. doing it enough. Right. Which it's interesting how the superegoic imperative is tied to the better future, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no, mm-hmm. I think there's no superegoic imperative anywhere that doesn't have this better future attached to it. And I think I love this live in the moment one because it seems almost like what we were saying. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think it's, yeah, it's isn't it crucial to have this idea that there's not a better future awaiting you? It's different than live in the moment, enjoy the moment to the fullest, or all this kind of crap, right? Yeah, no, it's a, it's what is preserved, and this is what makes it. This is what makes it hard. I mean, like to distill what we've been talking about. Like again, what makes it hard is that like psychoanalysis insists on the encounter with contradiction, and right, and that's sort of inerascible. Like you don't, you you cannot you cannot mediate that or maybe mitigate is, is the better word. Uh, and that's, um, that makes it tough, but what that has to be, that needs to be sort of popularly articulated as, I, I guess, as being the, um, like, not that this is the smarter position, right? Cause I hate this, like the, like the, there, there is no, there is no reward in thinking you are moving to a place beyond other people or like right. you've moved to right. an intellectual plane beyond like, right. uh, uh, you know, the person in the movie theater that you think laughs at the wrong things or doesn't laugh right. at the right things. Like you're not above that person. Um, right. so there's no, there's no value there, but like it, it's this, well, this terrain where like you are, um, doesn't matter who that person is. You're radically like joined and connected through lack and that 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 realization needs to take on perhaps it needs to take on like a positive character right i think that's right and i think the isn't the i loved what you said about contradiction because isn't it true that under capitalism that the you could even say it in this way the entire effort of capitalism is divorced to divorce lack from excess Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know to, to give us like okay you have your lack over here you work really hard and you get, and then you get your excess, you get right? your excess yeah. lack yeah. free. And lack, I think the yeah. lesson of psychoanalysis is no, 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 you get your lack, you get your excess through your lack. So it's always, it's always, it's interesting that that coincides with the notion that it, things aren't better elsewhere, you right. know, <laughs> but it, it is that that's paradoxical, but I do think that's true. I think mm. it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. Yeah. No, that's good. I think, um, that this is, uh, I mean, the the problem. Well, I mean, I think this anticipates the next episode. The the problem of how to, um, uh, well, how to defend <laughs> is really what it is. Psychoanalysis or the psychoanalytic viewpoint is going to be what we're, what we're going to take up next time. That's right. But today we're really talking about how to sell it. The how problem sell of how it. to sell it. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So true. two part two parts, I guess, of uh, of of not a whole or a whole yeah. with uh, the the H O L E firmly uh, embossed right. and emphasized. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So I, I guess the lesson must be listen to ABBA. Huh? <laughs> I think it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah. And feel like you win when you lose. Sorry. Yes. That's it. <laughs> that's that it. it. Yeah, I yeah. didn't get it backwards. No, you okay. didn't get it backwards. <laughs> All right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Ted.